This is a Soulfire production. Yo, everybody, welcome back. It's election day in our world, bright and early in the morning, and we have quite a day to look forward to. I want to let everyone know that I will be going live for the election live stream on Scriber News' YouTube channel. The guys from Scriber News invited me onto their live stream, and we're going to be doing it together. And I hope you join. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. You can go to the Scriber TV YouTube channel. It's a nonpartisan news outlet, so we've got some conservatives, some libertarians. Um, I think I'm the only one in that crew that is not religious, so that should be interesting as well. It's going to be very fun. A very, very fun time. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I wanted to do today. And you may be confused if you're listening on the Realness feed that you're getting a Connor Wander show. Here's the reason why. I feel like this is a bit of a PSA because there is so much wild shit going on in the world so much, uh, you know, the divisiveness that has fueled much of our decision-making over the past couple of years, uh, particularly in the past six or seven months. So I wanted to put this out in, 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 a, in a way to hopefully create a framework or a, a, a pragmatic view of what is likely to happen um, over the next week or so and how we can all just kind of keep our shit together and not freak out. That's the biggest thing. Whatever happens, don't freak out. Now, I put out an Instagram poll yesterday just to see what people were thinking about and concerned about with the election. But before I get into those responses, uh, please go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. It's Connor Moore. Links in the show notes of this show. That would be really, really helpful for me. And if you're interested in getting ad-free content and early access to content, and in the f- near future, 2021, bonus episodes every week. Well, you can go over to the Patreon and sign up for that. It is 450 right now. If you sign up at that 450 tier, you're going to be grandfathered in at that price. Even though when bonus episodes happen, they will be in a higher priced tier. So get in there, do it, make it happen. I would appreciate it. It helps support this show. And then hopefully one day I can just not ever deal with ads anymore and just do what I do for you because I love you so damn much. So damn much. So I put out a little bit of a like a little poll on Instagram, wherever it's called. I just asked a question said like, hey, what are you most concerned about with this upcoming election? I'm just going to read through. I got a bunch of responses because people are very worried. Um, number one, violence, rioting. Rioting, right-wing terror groups, rioting, (laughs) tax increases, riots, violence, civil war. I mean, somebody said that the Democrats will be able to prevail. I think that's a joke. Disinformation, that people will not accept who their president is. Riots and violence, healthcare and jobs, four more years of Trump's bullshit, and that was violence and rioting was the number one concern, and that makes a ton of sense. And the other, uh, the other concern, which I think they all kind of lived a role in together here, is that Trump or media outlets, I'd say left-leaning media outlets, are going to call this thing too early, and that's going to create a bunch of confusion. Both of those things are likely to happen. 
Okay. Whenever I was doing a lot of coaching and working with people, I think a lot of the personal development, self-help techniques actually apply well to situations like this because you have no fucking control over what's going to happen. Okay. You can only control yourself in this scenario. So with that being said, and with that being understood, it's important to understand that you can't do a fucking thing about what's going to happen over the next week or so. There's a couple things that are going to get really, really sketch, right? Some really important states like Pennsylvania has six days apparently now to count their ballots. That seems to me like a really, like you're playing with fire there. Like you're playing with fire with taking six days. All right. To count your ballots. So I really wish that we had a hard stop at 24 hours after the election um, like Arizona is doing a great job of counting their early mail-in ballots. And I'm assuming that many people listening to this have voted early. I voted early. Um, and I, I think that there's, there's a, a risk mitigation in getting those early ballots counted before, before election day, before today in not putting us in a situation where we're hanging around for a week, trying to see who wins this thing. Okay. Now with all of this going on, we're looking at some of these really intense battleground states that are also hyper-divided, Michigan being one of those, right? There's already been armed protesters breaking, you know, forcing their way into the state house. There's been a kidnapping plot to, for, to kidnap the governor of the state. Like, this is just, things have gotten crazy, and that, that state is very likely to go to Biden. Uh, he's leading in the polls by, I think, six or seven points right now. And the Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer, has like a 70% approval rating. So with that kind of information, you got to think that it's likely that Biden wins that state, and it's likely that those really intense militia groups have a plan for if that happens. And that, that kind of stuff scares me. It should scare all of us a little bit, I think, but we have to also understand there's nothing we can do about it. So what we need to do, and like I said, I do this with my clients a lot. I used to do this with my clients a lot. Think of the worst case scenario for where you're at. Think of the worst case scenario for where you're at and just become, spend the rest of the day becoming comfortable with that. All right, and if you put that in your mind, whatever the worst case scenario that you can imagine, it's probably not going to be that bad. It's probably not going to be that bad. So I want to go through just looking at this thing. All right, let's just be objective, get your feelings out of this, and look at this thing as best we can as far as best and worst case scenarios for each candidate. Now, when it comes to Trump, I personally think that the Trump era of him being president is better off being over. The dude's going to start a media outlet or, you know, a competitor for Fox News. He's going to have his like, you know, MAGA news, whatever it is. And they'll all have TV shows. and They'll do, they'll do what Trump does. Like that's, that's his thing. I was watching him speak last night. Like he doesn't do a good job of putting anything cohesive together um, or laying out a plan, even though he has some things that he could run on and he could have won this election running away. You know what I mean? But he didn't. And he, but he's an entertainer. He's fun. He's light on his feet. For a 75 year old guy, like he keeps it together on stage. It's actually pretty fucking impressive. But I think that that era probably needs to come to an end. I wish it wasn't coming to an end with a, a, a neoliberal douchebag and Joe Biden. But here we are, right? We got fucked. We got fucked. If there's anything you shouldn't be, you should be more angry at the Democratic establishment and the DNC and, and just politics in general than you should be at Trump. 
I'm going to be completely honest with you. All I know, a lot of you people that live, listen to the show are very left-leaning. I understand. I'm left-leaning as well. And I'm, I'm not that upset at Donald Trump. He won. He did the thing. He found a way to win. He wanted to be president. He found a way to win. It's not my fault or your fault necessarily. But we do have the Democratic establishment to blame. They're so smart and so they have it all figured out, but they always fucking lose. Because they don't know how to connect with people. And now, and they, and they set themselves up to, to be just clowned by idiots. That says a lot about our country. It says a lot about our politics. But there's, some, there, there's, there's anger that is, should be diverted away from Trump to the DNC. Let's be real about that. Okay? So let's talk about Trump. And I want you to also consider this. And this is something that I think doesn't get said a lot when you're talking about politics. Consider my bias in this. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm on the left. I also am pro Second Amendment, and uh, conservation is one of the biggest issues in my life. Right? Like I have my own internal biases, as do you. And we have reasons for believing what we believe. All right. So let's just think, and, and I'm going to try and keep this thing short and sweet, just so we can all have a little bit better of a day. Hopefully, if you're listening to this during the election or after the election, it's probably still going on. So <laughs> let's just keep this in mind. When you think about the worst case scenario for a, a second term for Donald Trump, there's a handful of things that can happen that can make that um, bad or worse. For me, considering my bias, that has to do with more environmental deregulation um, and more tax cuts for the wealthy, right? Like that to me is frustrating as fuck. I don't understand why giving tax cuts to wealthy people who can already pay for tax and, and, and find tax loopholes and uh, manipulate capital gains tax. There's a lot of ways around it. I don't understand why they need any more help from the government, right? I also look at the coronavirus response, and that's been something that, I mean, that's really where Trump lost this election. Trump would have won this thing running away without coronavirus. Um, and the Democrats knew that and perpetuated it, which is awfully cunty and really disappointing. But the way that he has handled it and the way he continues to handle it and, and use it as a divisiveness tool instead of using his, his platform essentially to uh, unite people and, and bring a cohesive message, that to me is a, is a huge problem. And when you perpetuate a virus like that and it continues to be a problem and then, and of course the, the like kind of liberal media is going to pour gasoline on the fire. It's going to create this whole fucking shit storm. There's going to be a need for more bailouts and where those bailouts want to go. When you're talking about conservatives is to corporations. So we may get one more stimulus check, but, um, those other industries, right. Are going to get bailed out. Not the people, not the small businesses and small businesses will continue to suffer, which is really, really unfortunate and really, um, frustrating. For me, now I also think about without the without the need to get reelected. What is that? What what frame of mind does that put Trump and the Trump administration in? And it does concern me that we may escalate tensions with Iran or Venezuela or do something really silly like some kind of you know regime change war, which we love to do. We love to complain about Russia meddling in our elections, but instead of meddling in elections, we just fucking kill people and and and, and put people in power that we. Uh, want to work with. So that's, that's the way we handle things. I mean, I don't know if Russian bot farms are worse than, you know, uh, a coup in, in Venezuela, but 
you know, that's the way that we work, right? Let's, <laughs> let's get it. Let's, let's not get it twisted in how this works. And I would hate to see that perpetuated, even though Trump has worked to seems to be every now and then when he, when he needs a, a, an approval ratings bump, he pretends to be anti-war. I don't really think he actually gives a fuck to be honest with you, but he pretends to be anti-war when it suits him. And that has been to our benefit in some way. But without the need to get reelected and with the people that are in his ear, his advisors, things can get really sketchy. Now, let's talk about the best case scenario for a Trump presidency. We can go the other way when it comes to wars. He can get in, he can get in, his, in a mood where wars, uh, the ending of these, these wars is, would be his something he could, uh, a part of his legacy, right? We got to think. When you think about Trump, you got to think in terms of ego. And with many politicians, this is not exclusive to Trump. Like when you think about Kamala Harris, you think about, okay, what is, what is her ego need? And she will often act in alignment with that. Trump is just like that as well. So if he wants to be remembered as a, an anti-war candidate, um, well, then he can end these wars. Right, he's, he's he's flirted with the idea. Like I said, whenever he wants an approval ratings bump, he he runs to the uh, runs to the, on the to the anti-war side of things. That could be great for all all of us, right? Another thing he could do in the best case scenario is uh, create the or, or uh, build onto the First Step Act, which was a prison reform um, act that was really actually really really great. I would think the best thing that he did. Um, he'll say veterans, and I say. I'll say uh, he says the first step act was actually the best thing that he ever did as a, as a, as a, as president. If you could move on and, and, and get that second step of act done, is that's I think it's a three step situation here. First step act, second step, third step, right? If you could move on forward with that, that would be amazing. Right. I think that the best way personally, I think that the best way to create prison and criminal justice reform is through um, legalization of marijuana, marijuana at a federal level and um, decriminalizing possession of drugs, right? There's no sense in, in arresting addicts, right? It doesn't do us any good. It costs a fuck ton of money, right? And, and personally, I don't think conservatives have the ability, based on their constituency and, and the way that they've, they've leveraged fear of drugs as a, as a primary part of their platform, for a long time, like way before it was way, way before, way since way after, or at, since, since it was cool into way after it was cool, right? <laughs> like they, they just keep, they, they dug their heels in on the drug thing and the war on drugs. So I don't think they have the ability their their people have, have soaked that up, right? Their constituents have soaked that up and that would not be a popular position uh, for them. So I don't feel like they can get that legalization through, but some prison reform would be good. Right, because we do have to look at Biden and Harris being, uh, you know, an architect of the crime bill and a prosecutor, right, and a dirty prosecutor at that, and Kamala Harris. So let's keep that in mind. That could be really great. Some kind of infrastructure deal because there's going to be a crash. Like we are living in a massive economic bubble right now. Regardless of who the president is in the next four years, the bottom's going to fall out of this motherfucker. Okay, so some kind of infrastructure deal create jobs and work through this infrastructure problem that we're having right now. Joe Biden gets criticized for liking tenants of the Green New Deal, but 
the, just just think about this. How many office buildings there are in this country that are old and outdated and could use an update? And think about updating those HVAC systems and and fixing the um, insulation, things like that. That creates a shit ton of jobs and also saves uh, saves us energy in the long run. So there's some tenets of the Green New Deal that are fantastic. And it can't be, it's hard for it to be done by a, a conservative because it's a part of that plan. And now they've, they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater as far as them being so anti Green New Deal. But maybe they could do some kind of infrastructure deal. That would be cool. And then maybe he could actually do something with healthcare. He's been talking about it, talking about it, talks about insulin prices, whatever, whatever. It would be nice to see him deregulate the this is one area in uh, of industry that i think needs some deregulation and that's health insurance we've been talking about this for a long time conservatives have fucking put this carrot in front of you know on the stick in front of our faces for a long time and they haven't done a goddamn thing like i haven't seen it happen yet he had four years to do it hasn't done it so there to me that what that says that there's 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 power at play behind the scenes Insurance companies and pharma companies, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. So maybe without the need to get reelected, he could push something like that through. That's your best case scenario. Now, that's the best case scenario for what he would actually do. But let's think about the best case scenario in response to Trump. Okay, what could happen? And as I was saying earlier, we have we should be more frustrated and angry with the DNC and the way they've conducted themselves than we should be with Trump. And I believe that firmly. Um, the response from another Trump presidency could completely dismantle the Democratic Party. He's already kind of completely dismantled the Republican Party. And I think they're all going to have kind of pie on their face after this whole thing because they turned from, you know, anti-Trumpers into just fucking henchmen for the dude. Um, especially people like Ted Cruz, which has just been comical to watch. But the response from the Democratic Party could push them away from neoliberalism. And to sum it up, neoliberalism is basically uh, corporation-first liberalness. I don't know. Fucking the left-wing, corporate-first type of of jam here. Okay? It's not helpful, right? There's a, there needs to be a party that speaks up for the people and there needs to be a party that speaks up for industry and economics first. And that check that, that, that balances us out. But what we have now is two parties that were very, very pro corporate and they only get, they divide us based on social and emotional issues. Um, and that gets us all fired up and that puts riots in the fucking street. So that doesn't do anybody. Neoliberalism does not do anybody any good. Okay. They also haven't seen a fucking war that they don't like, which also pisses me off. So dismantling that as, as just highlighting the failure of that ideology through a second Trump term could bring some more pragmatism and actually help people long-term. I really believe that's very, very possible. The other option is that they could just run to the right and become more like conservatives, more like Republicans because they're like, well, he won. So we need to be more like what, what, you know, more like what his 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 supporters want, which I think is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. But it's possible. That's your best and worst for Trump. Now let's move over to Biden. Now I don't think I can't really decide why they chose Biden and and, and pushed him as the candidate. I don't I just can't it's still just I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't understand why you want someone who's basically a fucking corpse to be your 
president. I don't, I just, I, I can't get it. I voted for the fucking guy and it made me so frustrated. I was so frustrated and disappointed that whole day. Just like, it just irked me. And I don't know if the DNC was just seeing what they could get us to comply with or if maybe they were like, they were like doubling down on what they did in 2016 just to see if they could get us to, 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 to comply and fall in line with what they want. It's embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. And the way they had, they had to manipulate the primary so much for Bernie Sanders not to, Bernie Sanders not to be the candidate. Like it just, it, it still fucking rubs me the wrong way in a major way. Like I have zero respect for the DNC. I, I can't, the Democratic Party establishment is, is one of the most cowardice and cunty organizations I've ever watched operate in my life. It's, it's atrocious. So I don't know what their fucking agenda was in putting uh, Joe Biden on the ticket, but fuck, man. And they wanted Kamala. That's the thing. They wanted Kamala Harris. I'm going to say her name three different times throughout this show. They wanted Kamala Harris, and she failed. And they're getting her in there through. They're, 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 they're Trojan horsing her with fucking Biden. It is what it is, right? Both of our options are shitty. So let's talk about the worst case for Joe Biden, right? If he could, If it's not a landslide Joe Biden victory... And if it's a close victory, then he's going to stay as close to the conservatives as he can. All right, he's already pretty much a, a Republican as it is, and he said he he pays he pays lip service to 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 left wing ideology in some ways. Um, I would say the ideology that's actually somewhat less valuable and less important um, and more socially driven, but whatever. Um, He's going to do what he's always done. That's the worst case. The worst case scenario for Joe Biden is him doing what Joe Biden has always done, which is watering down uh, legislation and trying to appease conservatives. It's that to me just puts us in a terrible situation because you can't win those people. Like you can't, those conservatives, Lindsey Graham's and the Ted Cruz's and the Mitch McConnell's of the world are not going to appreciate or <laughs> respect you. Even though Lindsey Graham has said a lot, a lot of nice things about Joe Biden when it comes to politics, that's not how it's going to work. You're not going to win those people over. You may get some legislation passed, but it's just not going to be anything that benefits um, us as a whole. And that's a problem. Also, you got to question the judgment of someone who voted and was swayed by George W. Bush and his administration into supporting the war in Iraq that we're still dealing with today, 20 years later. Okay, this guy's been in politics for 47 years, and he has made numerous mistakes. Now, we don't get to say that about Trump because he hasn't been in politics for more. He's been in politics for four years, or about, I guess about five now, if you consider his campaign um, in the primaries. But... You don't have that track record to hold against him. It's things that he said in interviews and shit like that, but that's not really the same as having an actual political record. So who knows what Trump would have... I mean, I think Trump probably would have voted for the Iraq war at the time. Who fucking knows, right? So it's one of those things that's really challenging to, to weigh out, but important to look at. And knowing that this guy has been kind of a war puppet, we've got to be careful with that because ending those wars is incredibly important, incredibly important for um, what we have going on and our future because all those wars do is perpetuate more wars, right? We created ISIS, we funded ISIS, and here we are fighting ISIS. 
it's just what we've done. We, we, we went in to take down Saddam, so we funded these other groups, and then whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Here we are again doing the same fucking thing we've done four times from Desert Storm on. It's a joke. And it's got to, somebody's got to break the cycle. And conservatives seem to not be willing or able to do it. You got to try something else. But if he want the worst case scenario is he perpetuates and then fuels that fire, which is a problem. Um, Dems, the Democratic Party becoming more conservative, again, is a huge problem. We don't have enough. We don't have enough healthy tension within politics. We don't have people pulling on real like having a tug of war between real important economic and policy issues to create balance. We have, if you look at the Venn diagram of, of, of Democrats and Republicans, corporate interests are in that overlapping area. And we've paid the price for that. Income inequality has become a driving issue. And if you want to make real change, I've said this numerous times, a few issues, few key issues. One, federal legalization of marijuana and decriminalization of drug possession um, for personal use and campaign finance reform. You're not going to change healthcare. You're not going to change uh, criminal justice and prisons without those things. It just the, the the powers that be are are have their hooks in these motherfuckers. It just is what it is. So in order to make those changes, we have to do something like that. I don't think Biden will get that done. I think with Biden, it'll be more of the same. And since we had such a a a, a, a traumatic four years with Trump, and some of that was justified, and much of it wasn't. But since we had that, that normalcy might start to feel good, right? It's like, okay, well, this is just like it's what it was. It's like the Obama years, which also weren't great. I mean, they were fine for everybody, but it's like there wasn't much. The hope and change, that, that, that promise was not fulfilled upon. Okay, now let's move on to the best case for Joe Biden. And again, keep my bias in mind. I think one of the best things that can be done is not only packing the court because a six-three conservative court is is a problem. Packing the court and restructuring the way that Supreme Court justices are confirmed, be it supermajority or or some other structure. Andrew Yang has a has a has a proposed plan with fifteen judges, five conservative, five uh, liberal, and then five appointed by unanimous decision um, within those other ten. I think that's a good idea. I think that could break some nonpartisan. We need to reinfuse nonpartisanship within the Supreme Court and the lower courts. They, because of the influence of Mitch McConnell, and I've talked about this at length, this has been pushed far, far to the right, and things have slowly, slowly become more and more partisan within the courts, which is not good for anybody, left or right. It's an object of contention. It's an object of divisiveness. And it's incredibly problematic. So packing and restructuring those courts would be real, I think would be really actually very helpful long term. Okay. So looking at that, best case scenario as well, because this is a liberal issue, federal legalization of marijuana and decriminalizing possession of drugs for personal use. Biden is the only candidate out there. I guess there's only two now, but that has talked about that and said and and spoken spoken to that need in this country. If they can get that done, it's one of the reasons I voted for the guy. If they can get that done, and a lot of that happens in Congress. Now let's not let's not over over inflate the 
power of the president here. Like a lot of that stuff would happen in Congress and would take um, Congress to be driven to make that happen uh, for it to happen. So let's keep that in mind. And I think that you're going to see a bit of a blue wave in, in Congress. So we're going to, I'm curious how that's going to all shake out. I think the Senate majority will switch to, uh, we'll go blue, we'll go Democrat, and then we'll have Mitch McConnell out of the fucking way, um, which is his, his greatest accomplishment is just impeding things. Like it, it, his, his greatest accomplishment is doing the bare minimum and spending most of his time keeping things from happening, which is just makes him, he's like, oh, he's just the worst. I fucking hate that guy. Um, and, and doing, taking a step towards ending this war on drugs. To me, that is some of the best things that Biden can do. We can't hope for much from Biden, but maybe we can hope for that. And I'm hoping that with the amount of pressure that will be put on them, on on Kamala and on Biden, based on their records. They have some things that, that are really atrocious in their records. And I understand the crime bill was done in the 90s. That was during the crack epidemic. Things were different then. Things were different then. But it's important to look at that and say, hey, like things were different then. Now you need to right this wrong, motherfucker. And the same thing for Kamala Harris. She did some pretty sketch things as the Attorney General of California. She's got to right those wrongs. And hoping we can right those wrongs by taking a step towards ending this fucking ridiculous war on drugs. So that's the best and the worst for Biden, in my opinion, considering my bias. Now, this election will likely take, I think it'll be closer than people think. I've heard people that are, are very smart that I respect a ton saying that, you know, you need 270 electoral votes to win. Some people are saying that Biden's going to get over 300. Uh, it's going to be a blowout. I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. Trump's support is, is ferocious. I do not see Biden winning Florida. I, it just does not makes sense. And if you know anything about electoral politics, there there are only about five or six states that actually fucking matter. And Florida is one of them. Pennsylvania is one right now as well. Because of what Biden did in uh, with, the, with the auto bailout, which was really unfortunate for many people, but great for Michigan, um, I foresee him winning that. So we just got this. It's going to be close. It's going to be heated. And there's going to be a lot of disinformation and misinformation. The best thing you can do is do not get emotional about this. Okay, there's time to feel your feelings. Let it all, let the dust settle before you go into having to feel out whether you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter. Feel out what you need to feel, but let it happen after the dust settles. I am relatively certain there is going to be Riots, protests, violence, whatever, regardless of who wins somewhere. We are primed up for it. It's become the norm of 2020 for there to be violence and protests and riots. Don't get involved. It's If it gets ugly, do not fucking get involved. I don't, know how many, I don't think I'm talking to children right now, so I don't think I need to say that too many times. Keep you fucking cool. Don't let this ruin you. Understand that whatever is happening right now, there are powers pushing that around and, and and benefiting from it. And by you playing into the narrative and getting hyper-emotional, taking to TikTok, whatever it is that you're going to fucking do, it only perpetuates the problem. Keep your fucking cool. Keep your shit together, okay? If Trump wins, you're going to wake up on November 4th or 5th or whenever they do that or after Inauguration Day, and you're going to be frustrated and disappointment, and Rachel Maddow is going to fucking cry about it for four more years, and it's going to keep their ratings high, and they're going to do fine. 
Those people that want you to be angry, those people that want you to be angry about Trump, those people that want you to be angry about Biden, Tucker Carlson, Fox News, that want you to be angry about the, 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 the radical left, regardless of what happens, those motherfuckers are going to be fine and they only benefit from you being emotional and erratic. Do not fall into the trap. And I'm speaking particularly to my left-leaning friends out there, my left-leaning fans. Do not go into an emotional shitstorm spiral over this thing. It's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. This podcast will come out next week. We'll do the thing. We're just going to keep doing what we do. Okay? We're better off than we think, and we've been sold a lie that things are fucking terrible. It's been a really hard year for a lot of people, and a lot of people are dealing with some real economic issues, family issues, lost loved ones. Like This is a really tough year for everybody, but we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Okay, Trump is not the boogeyman that people that people want to make him out to be. He's a fucking piece of shit, yes. But you're going to be all right. Okay, Biden, if you're a Trump supporter, Biden is not a tool, a puppet for the radical left. You don't need to be scared about that. And Kamala Harris is not a fucking socialist who's going to take all your guns away. And just everybody fucking relax. Okay. Yes, Biden has a relatively nonsensical drug plan, or a, not drug plan, a gun plan. It's not going anywhere. It's not happening. He has too much. He has too much support in rural areas and the Rust Belt. Like it's just not unlikely to happen. There are some good things in his in his gun policy that he has proposed, but a lot of it's dumb as shit. And hopefully the good things get done and the dumb shit just goes by the wayside. But these are all campaign promises. And campaign promises, if, if campaign promises got fulfilled, there would be a fully complete wall on our southern border right now, and there is very much not. And if campaign promises made a goddamn, there would be a public option for health care right now during the Obama administration because they spent eight years trying to do it, but it didn't happen. Campaign promises are fucking stupid. Okay. They're there to get you. They're there for you to. to they're to get you excited to vote, and then forget about. Okay, we're going to be fine. People are freaking out. I can't say it enough. Everything's going to be okay, regardless of who wins. Bad things are going to happen, regardless of who wins. Keep your shit together. Keep your cool. And. Don't be a tool. Don't be a useful idiot for the right or the left. Don't fuel the divisiveness. Don't do it. Don't buy the narratives. The first person who gets declared the winner, don't buy that either. Okay? Wait. 24 hours after you want to get emotional, reassess the situation. And then we'll see what happens. Good luck out there. If you voted, great. If you didn't, great. It's not my job to tell you what to do. <laughs> but shit, this is crazy. It's a little bit wild. Now, I really appreciate everybody who listens to this show and has been supportive. Uh, if you want to keep supporting this show, make sure to go over to Patreon. Leave a uh, uh, review on Apple Podcasts and... 
keep your shit together. The best thing you can do for this show is keep your shit together and be here for next week. We're all going to be fine. The, la- the worst thing we can do, the worst thing we can do here is hate each other for any reason. Doesn't help anybody. Well, it's been real. We'll see what happens. Check us out on the Scriber TV live stream. It's S-C-R-I-B-E-R-R TV on YouTube. Going live. It's going to be fun. Oh, man. It's going to be a weird day, y'all. Stay safe out there and keep your shit together.